Coming up on today's episode of Sports Talk from the Crib, how come Matthew Stafford does, still doesn't seem to get enough love? Man, I a ring, partying out on the parade. Tom Brady gave him some big advice. Also, I'm going to give you my top 10 free agents on the offensive side of the ball as the NFL offseason is on its way. And we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA All-Star Weekend. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. NBA All-Star Weekend is amongst us. Boy, did it, uh, you know, it's probably time to get rid of some of these competitions. I know they try to revamp the skills competition, three-point dunk. They try to do some, but the main guys just don't seem to want to participate in it. There's no defense during the All-Star game. NBA All-Star Weekend has become kind of a joke, in my opinion. But in some NBA teams leading up to the break, didn't really finish too strong. How about those Philadelphia 76ers getting blown out by the Celtics by over 50 points? And James Harden debut in the stadium. He didn't play, though. He did ring the bell. He missed the swing on the bell, too. This may be a sign of things to come in Philly. Daryl Morey greeted him coming off the plane beforehand, too. Like, that's his buddy. He's the only guy getting him all that money. Let's him do what he wants. Out of shape, James Harden. Can he turn the Sixers into title contenders when Joel Embiid's been the MVP? It's interesting to see how that duo will uh, coexist <laughs> after the All-Star break. Um, but there will be no participation trophies handed out today. The reason why I say that because the first topic I'm going to really discuss here is what Richard Sherman said about my boy Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has got a Super Bowl victory. Came, got the curse lifted, as I've said before, from Detroit in L.A. Gets his ring his first year there. But some of the things Richard Sherman said about Matthew Stafford is because, you know, the Hall of Fame word has been thrown out after that performance and he finally getting a ring. His Hall of Fame numbers, they do and they don't, in a way, give him a lot of credit. But Richard Sermon basically said, the Hall of Fame bar is so low now. It's like a participation trophy that gets handed out. Matthew Stafford has no all-decade. He wasn't named to the all-decade team. He has no all-pros. <laughs> he has no MVPs. He only has one Pro Bowl, which I found very interesting. I was like, he's only made one Pro Bowl? Even those great years he had with Calvin Johnson? So that kind of struck me a little bit. But he did get Comeback Player of the Year award. His career record is 86-95-1. Losing record. Not very good, right? 49,995 yards, though, passing. 323 touchdowns. 161 interceptions. 34 career comebacks. You know, 42 game-winning drives. That's pretty impressive right there. He's been in the league for 13 years now. Damn. He's been he's getting up there in the in the years in the NFL. But man, he was just on a bad team in Detroit. They never had any defense when he was really there. 
Never had any kind of a real running game. Then they go, I can't remember the stat. Then they go almost like three years without a 100-yard rusher. Wasn't that four, four a couple of years ago when that happened? I think there was a stat like that. But Matthew Stafford, is he a Hall of Famer? Probably not. And those numbers really aren't that great. I just can't believe he's only been named to one Pro Bowl. That's what startled me. But Richard Sherman has a point, and then he doesn't. Because Matthew Stafford, we know, have been like a top 10 quarterback in this league for a decade. He was on a horrible team that did nothing. So, Richard Sherman, Matthew Stafford, uh, didn't he like kind of ball out against you a few times in his career? Yeah, I think he did. Uh, Mr. Richard Sherman, who uh, couldn't play anybody really man-to-man, always in zone, that cover three. You know, highlight Richard Sermon. Come on, man. Richard Sermon, to me, is overrated. Not Matthew Stafford. Take that. <laughs> but that's how I feel about the whole situation. Is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? I mean, get, if he continues with his Rams, his passing yards are going to get up there. His wins are going to get up there. He's going past, you know, he's going to be above 500 in the win column if he's sticking with the Rams. That's for sure. And the Rams could be destined for a repeat if they keep the crew together. I know Aaron Donald kind of flirting with the whole retiring thing, but he's going to come try and uh, get back to back. Along with head coach Sean McVay, OBJ, see if he can return. But he had towards ACL during the Super Bowl. Von Miller looks like he's going to leave for free agency. So they got some work to do with their cap situation. It's not very good either. But um, they definitely can, you know, have a good shot of getting it back, especially with Matthew Stafford as your quarterback. So, on to the next topic here. I'm going to give you my top 10 free agents on the offensive side of the ball. Now, these are my personal top 10. Some people may agree with this. It's not really, I have them in 1 through 10, but it's not really per se in a particular order. But, um... Here's some of the teams that have the top five in the cap space. Dolphins got 62 million. They're number one. They're 62 million under the cap. The Chargers are going to be 57 million under the cap. Jacksonville, 56. The Bengals losing the Super Bowl, but they're going to be 48 million under the cap. And the Broncos are going to be 39 million under the cap. So maybe they can make a trade for, say, Aaron Rodgers. That's the rumor. That was the rumor last year, and it may happen this year. It's a perfect fit for him. And if they land an Aaron Rodgers with that offense, that's all they need was a quarterback because Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke weren't the answers. Aaron Rodgers, the pair with Javante Williams, rookie running back last year, Jerry Judy. What's the other guy? Tim Patrick. You got Courtland Sutton. Noah Fant. The offense could relax. They got weapons. They just didn't have a quarterback. But anyways, here's my top 10 on the offensive side of the ball. We're going to do the defensive side of the ball on Wednesday's episode. So number one, I had Devontae Adams wide out for the Packers. Obviously, he's the number one pick, the number one commodity. Like, that is the guy. It's Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay. He's moved, leaves. Green Bay cannot let this guy go. I expect a franchise tag to be put on Devontae Adams because he can't let him go for nothing. Green Bay is going to want to give, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, that is, Jordan Love a weapon on the outside. But Devontae Adams is probably thinking, man, I want to get paid. 
I probably want to get out of Green Bay, especially if my boy Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing me the ball. So he's my number one on the offensive side of the ball in terms of free agency. Um, Taron Armstrong, the uh, offensive tackle for the Saints, he's going to get paid. Saints are in the worst cap, you know, situation in the entire NFL. What are they, like 60, 70 billion over? They're, they're over. So I don't know how they're going to work this out because he's going to get paid. You can't really get the franchise tag. I mean, they got to do some miracle findings of their cap situation to try to re-sign him. So I expect him to walk in free agency and get a lot of money, possibly the highest paid tackle in NFL history. I kind of expect him to get. At number three, I got Chris Godwin. Wide out for the Bucks. Guy injured late in the season, but he is, you know, great when Tom Brady retired. Chris Godwin was on the franchise tag this past year. You can't franchise tag him again. Bucks can't afford him. I expect him to move on. He's a big time wide receiver name. He's the second wide receiver um, to me in my rankings in free agency. And at number four, I got Mike Williams to wide out for the Chargers. Now, I may want to put him above. Like, this is a, the Chargers, they got to put the franchise tag on Mike Williams. You can't let Justin Herbert's number one guy walk. Keenan Allen's getting a little bit up there. He's been in the league a while. He drafted the rookie last year. Mike Williams has been his go-to target. He had another 1,000-yard receiving year last year. Uh, 1146 receiving yards, to be precise. There are nine touchdowns. He's the big-time weapon for him. You can't let him go. I expect him to be franchise-tagged, but that is one of my top freedoms available. Orlando Brown for the Chiefs, offensive tackle. Chiefs traded a lot to get him from Baltimore because Baltimore didn't want to move him back to the tackle. That's all he wanted to play. Instead of playing guard, he gets to play tackle for the Chiefs. They didn't get to the Super Bowl. They didn't win one. But I imagine they, they'll they work something out with this guy to retain him because you can't give up first-round pick and, and more picks and this let this for one year and let's let him walk. So I expect the Chiefs to do something there. It's going to be a little hard for me to say. At number six, I got Brand Scherf. Offensive guard from the Washington Commanders. Gosh, it's going to be really hard to say and remind myself that Washington's new name is the Commanders. Can't say Redskins. Can't say football team. At least they actually have a name now going into this year. Commanders. I don't really a big fan maybe of it, but that is their name. And Brandon Scherf is one of the best offensive guards in the league. It's time for him to finally get paid and get away from that dysfunctional Washington franchise and go play for a contender. At number seven, I got Allen Robinson wide out for the Bears. Man, did his career really take a hit the last couple years, and it wasn't really his fault. Yeah, Matt Nagy out there trying to make Andy Dalton the starting quarterback. You drafted Justin Fields last year. You know, he got some playing time with him, but they can never connect on anything. So Allen Robinson who I think is one of actually premier wide receivers in the league. His numbers aren't going to show for it, especially this past year, but damn. Allen Robinson got franchise tag and let the man out of Chi-Town. Like, get him out of Chicago. Let him go where he wants. He deserves it. He's a great player. I mean, <laughs> please let the guy out. He's at number seven. Number eight, I got James Conner running back of the Cardinals. People... In Pittsburgh, he left them, right? Injury prone, injury prone. Can never really stay on, never really get enough yards. But 
Goes to show you, it was in due to a lot of parts of that offensive line and the steel, the steel curtain had. It wasn't a steel curtain at all. Because we went to the Cardinals, he had a career year. Over a, over a thousand yards in scrimmage yards this past year. He had 18 touchdowns. That's unheard of. He was a big time red zone threat, always punching it in, where he'd be coming out of the backfield or getting the handoff. Like James Conner was awesome this year. He looks like a totally different player. That's why I have him in my top 10. And at number nine, I got his running mate, Chase Edmonds, running back of the Cardinals. Like, these two running backs are great pieces to add to your team. They're not going to demand a lot of money either. But these are two great running backs to just put on your team, get you those yards. Yeah, they got nicked up a little bit. They missed a few games here and there during the course of the season. But it seemed like everybody from Arizona did. But um, Chase Edmonds is a great back. You know, um, and he he worked so well in that running back tandem there in that offense with James Conner. He would have had over a definitely, yeah, he definitely would have had over a thousand um, scrimmage yards as well. He just came short of that uh, if he didn't get injured and miss those few games toward the end of the season. So Chase Evans is in my and then rounding up my top ten, I got Mike Gesicki, tight end for the Dolphins. This is a guy who's improved year after year. Um, this year he had 73 receptions, 780 yards, two TDs. He has 77 receptions last year. So it's coming off of him in his rookie year, you know, he only had 202 receiving yards. He barely saw any action. So year after year, he's gotten gradually better in his past year. He's a great weapon to stress the field, makes some insane catches too. Knows how to get off the ball. Blocking is still a little bit of his weakness, but man, can he stress the field and get down the seam? And he was two of Tagalova's, like, one of his favorite targets. So I expect Mike Kosicki to get franchised at least by the Dolphins. I know he wants to stay in Miami. So there's another guy, even though he's in my top ten, that may get franchised. I can see about four people in this top ten of mine getting the franchise tag because you don't want to let these key pieces to your team walk, especially when you don't have a replacement. Um one of the other tight ends, of course, Gronk is a free agent. You got Dalton Solis is a tight end from the Cowboys. He's a free agent. Like you got other tight ends that are free agents that are going to get paid, but Mike Kosicki is going to be at the top of that list in terms of money in the tight end free agency class. Some other maybe notable names out here, the running back, you know, Leonard Fournette, he's a free agent too, coming off from the Bucks. So Bucks are going to lose a lot of players this year. So um, that's something to be like keep an eye on and see what they do. Also, I had, like, um, OBJ's a free agent. Michael Gallup's a free agent. A couple of wide receivers that, you know, tore ACL, MCL injuries. Like, so they're probably mid-season, maybe later in the season when they're even going to be able to play. Or else I would have had them in my top 10, too. So, it's something to look out for. OBJ's going to take a discount, probably remain with L.A., I don't know what he wants to do, but, man, he tore that AC on the Super Bowl. It was a sad. <laughs> At least he got his touchdown in the big game. He deserved it. You know, getting away from Baker Mayfield, it wasn't about nothing. But, anyways, there's my top 10 frenzies on the offensive side of the ball. NBA All-Star Weekend. You know, I used to be so excited to see the NBA All-Star Weekend. I, used to, I remember growing up as a kid. I could not wait. Or to see the three-point contest. Could not wait to see the skills contest. Could not wait to see the slam dunk contest. Couldn't wait even to see, to see the game, right? Now, it's just like, ah, it's just another 
kind of a little event because it seems like half these guys aren't going full speed. They don't want to play. Hint, Saturday night. Slam dunk contest, three-point contest. Carthy and Towns won a three-point contest. Congratulations. He actually had a good final rack there. I didn't feel like there was enough contestants. I didn't feel like there was enough, like, rounds now. They keep messing with that. They added the Mountain Dew, you know, long ball range for bonus points. They're trying to make it a little bit more interesting. But Carlton Towns did his thing there, especially in the final round. Um, the skills challenge, this seems like they're going half speed, half not. You have the, you know, Ante Tacumpo guys out there. Some, those His brothers can't play with a damn. But anyways, they can't shoot either. So that was kind of, they had the rookies out there. They won the skills like. And then he had the Cleveland Cavs because they were, you know, of course, hosting NBA All-Star Weekend. But, man, it's just kind of sad. And the saddest part of it is the slam dunk contest. Man, we the NBA really does have to do something when it comes to the NBA All-Star Weekend. There's got to be some kind of crazy incentive competition because we don't want to see these guys we never heard of. Now, we've heard of Obi Toppin. He won the slam dunk. We've heard of him. He had a nice dunk there. You know, we went behind the back, jumped over. You know, we got Anthony, Greg Anthony out there with his, give this um, Cole Anthony to the Timbs. He put a Timbs on, slam dunk. Like, he has some kind of interesting things. But it was so boring. It was so, so boring. Not really anything exciting. Um, at all. So, I just it, they got to do something. They can read, you know, put all these kind of retweak the, you know, how you do the passing and stuff and skills competition and where they take the shots from. They can add new things and whatnot. But you gotta have the stars out there. You gotta have like the top. 10 people in the NBA competing in this. you got to have the top three-point shooter in the NBA competing in the three-point contest. you got to have the top dunk. The guys that you want to see dunk the ball in the slam dunk contest. Like, you has got to offer some kind of crazy incentive. They win, they get it. And, you know, have some kind of unique kind of competition for it. Instead of the same slam dunk contest, we're going to invite this guy that's on the practice squad. Like, that's oh, it's playing in the, uh, what do you call it, D-League, or whatever they call the league now. Um, whatnot. I mean, come on. They have to do something to tweak it where you get the stars of the NBA participating in those competitions, not just the All-Star game. Not just playing the fourth quarter of the All-Star game. Not making these crazy points. If you hit this points, you know, in the quarter and all this stuff, you like, you need to stop it. Let's play basketball, man. Let's play some basketball. Get people on the court and let them go all out. Stop standing around. Stop wanting to play defense and not playing. That's kind of boring. You don't want to watch that kind of game. So the NBA's got to figure it out. That's just my thoughts on the NBA All-Star Weekend. I mean, like I said before, when I was growing up, I could not wait. I remember Vince Carter in the slam dunk contest. I remember Jason Richardson in the slam dunk contest. You know, I remember seeing that those crazy things, man. Like, I remember Ray Allen and people in the three-point contest. That's the people you wanted to see. So, that needs to start happening again. 
not the you know twelfth player sitting on the end of the bench that hasn't played all year. We don't want to see that. But anyways, here's my thoughts on the NBA All Star Weekend. I'm sure a lot of you agree to that. And that's going to wrap up today's episode. I want to thank you all for joining me here on Sports Talk from the Crew with your favorite sports host Tanner Christian. Remember, new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and it's available on all streaming platforms. Be sure to check out the website at feeltheheatentertainment.com. It's feeltheheatent.com. You can check out the sport articles and check out the merch store. Get a little video clips. I'm trying to get some video clips going now since we're getting the new year. We'll get some YouTube clips back up and on the website. We're going to start that here probably in the next couple of weeks. Getting that uh, back for everybody to do. Because it's been a long time since we've done the video clips. But anyways, check us out on social media at Feel the Heat ENT on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Thank you all for joining me. Y'all have a blessed day. See you Wednesday.